Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Retro Encounter. We're here to finish talking about Valkyria Chronicles. Uh, I'm Christopher Gebauer. I'm your host for the episode, and I'm joined today once again by Alana Hags. Hey, guys. And Nilsson Carroll. Yo, what's up? Yay, the team's back. <laughs> doing it. We're doing yeah. the finish. Squad so, 7's back. Yeah, exactly. Squad 7's back, but not the same squad that we left behind after Chapter 10. No. In fact, oh, we no. started off this first half, or this next episode, with the death of one of our favorite characters. So, Mr. Nilsson, since you were the only one who did not know it was coming... Yeah. How quick was that after finishing well, the first episode? <laughs> you know, it's it's really funny because when that scene was happening with um Isara and uh Rosie mm-hmm. and like it was just so you know, sweet and like like oh like finally like oh like everything's gonna be okay. And I swear in my head I was like, you know, this game would be like a lot more badass if somebody just like died <laughs> soon. And, and like, I said, like, said that out loud to myself. <laughs> and then like within seconds, you yep. know, she gets shot and died. I was like, oh my god, like I didn't mean like right now. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, breathe. <laughs> Give me a little bit more time, people. Come on. Um But I so like I did I liked that, like, that, you know, just abrupt tension came out. Like, I thought it was a really good time for it to come out. But I I feel like it's almost a waste of her character a little bit because we just started getting, like, some really interesting character stuff from her. And, and then, like, boom, she's, you know, she's gone. She's just uh, reduced to this, you know, tragic plot point. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I think it, it's weird. I remember when it happened first time I played the game, kind of going through a similar thing of like, wow, everyone's seemingly invincible in the squad with all the casualties that's apparently going on throughout this war. Like, we're so awesome. I'm just doing such a great job as the leader of the squad. I wonder if they'll kill someone. And then Asara died. And I was like, well, don't yes. kill the one person that everyone thinks is good <laughs> other than Alicia. Like, what is this? Like, that's not fair. Yeah. It's a Largo or something. I like him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I like Largo, too. He's not a Sara. I'm just saying. <laughs> Sara's wonderful, and you just go through everything with uh, rescuing the the darks in mine, or partially failing to fully save that whole mining city. And then, yeah. on top of that, atrocity of the darks and that whole murder of their people again. Oh. That and then the dark. handing out of the dolls. Yeah, that was really dark. That was dark. creepy, yeah. And then you have uh, her getting shot. And I was like, that was, I guess, just so much. And my heart can't take it. I don't know. I just I just loved Asara. So it was always, it was hard to see it happen again, even though I knew it, it was coming. It felt yeah. a little, yeah, it, just, it felt a little cheap to me. Um, I almost, this is like an awful thing to say. But like, I, I almost feel like... Um, so you know, you know, in the Final Fantasy VII, when a certain character dies, yes, um, yes. Spoiler, alert, spoiler alert! It's a character you know in your party, and you feel <laughs> you you know especially feel that death because she was a character in your party. Like it's not just 
um, you know, a story thing. Like, it's a gameplay thing. Like, your mm-hmm. party gameplay-wise has, you know, been really, you know, damaged. And just to kill off, you know, the sweet character who was, you know, just comes up every once in a while in cutscenes, it, it, it felt a little cheap, a little easy to me. Um, yeah. But, like, if Alicia died or, you know, she was, you know, truly incapacitated or something, like, you'd be like, oh, like, oh, no, like, I love her, but, like, my party, too, like, yeah, how am I going to... she's integral to every, every element of my game. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is kind of crazy that they kill her off. There's this um, there's this huge emotional swing in the game, and then immediately because she's the one piloting the tank, and someone needs to pilot the tank, they're like, "Well, this guy's going to take over now, and it's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. He's in the tank." Whoever, whoever that guy is. Yeah, Chris. What, Chris? Yeah, Chris. Thank Kreese. you. Chris. Yeah. Can't say Chris. It's just not. It's not in that that, <laughs> that alternate universe. They don't have that name. But uh, yeah, he just shows up, and it's like, now, now I'm in the tank. Don't worry about it. I'm here. You're fine. Let's go do our thing. But he does it out of respect, doesn't he? Of because course. him and I can't remember the other guy's name because Leon? he really irritates me. The one who, yeah, yeah. the one who's just like, bro. He's like, oh, super yeah. bro. Oh my god. Bro. Super so like, excited. Let's work um, on attack. But like the way that they work on her plane is yeah. so sweet as Very well. Charming. Like, yeah, it's so good. But I think what we didn't touch, like, perhaps what we should touch on is the kind of, like, Wilkins' reaction to it? Like, yes. the kind of... Yeah. I, I, like, I get the point. Like, the like it's a really important part of the story, and it's a bit of a punch in the gut, because she's such a sweet and lovely character, and, yes, is a little bit, like, um, kind of jumping out of things, and what's the right word for it? Alana can't speak today. It comes out of left right. field. It just comes out of the comes... blue, and it's just random. There's... Because it's in a peaceful moment, and then it's like, oh, yeah. there's a skirmish, there's a crossfire, and she dies. And it's cheap yeah. as well. Yeah, it's very So, cheap. like, you know, she's a dachshund. Somebody has to die. It's a war. A mm-hmm. main character has to die to make something relevant. but um, And to give the character something else to fight for. But Welkin's reaction is just <laughs> sort of like, oh, His... that was kind of it. Yeah. I just remember, His like... lack of oh. reaction. Yeah. It's like, don't worry, yeah, this is my sister like, since I was a child. I don't care. War is war. It's like, really? <laughs> yeah. And, and he seriously suddenly becomes like a Vin Diesel character. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's like, no, you're not that hardened. You're not Riddick. Show some emotion. Yeah. You bastard. Yeah, it's... it. I, at I, the same time... Yeah. No, continue, please. Sorry. Go. Okay. At the same time, I do like the way that they focus on the group's dynamics rather than just his kind of internal struggle, like, oh, my sister's dead. It's also kind of like Isara was actually the glue Mm -hmm. between everybody. So the way that she drove the tank and she was the kind of person who was always upbeat and always like, yeah, we're okay, let's going to do this. And she's the youngest person there. So she's Mm -hmm. like, if she can do it, everybody has to do it. And then everyone sort of realizes, oh, no, hang on a minute, we do have to fight for something and we fight for some sort of future and so we've all got dreams so yeah. like Margo and his vegetable patches are on her plane mm-hmm. we're gonna do this we're gonna yeah, get there I think, but, I think but, saying it's yeah the glue. away it was cheap but like you said the glue is is, is spot on she is single-handedly the one quietly strong-willed character that behind every fight even if she maybe instigates it with Rosie early on because she's trying to show Rosie that she's just being a senseless bigot for no reason she is the one who always kind of pushes them to like, we can figure it out, we can figure it out, we can figure it out. 
And that wonderful smiling moral compass kind of just vanishes. Yeah. And it's, I think the the moment that they tried to give to Welkin in terms of just a, like in a dramaturg sense of within the story from a writing perspective, seemed to be in the return to Brule, which is a few chapters later. But then that ends up being Alicia's emotional moment more than it's Welkin's. And so again... And rightly so, and I actually think it's a it's a very wonderful uh, little cutscene that they have there on the hill. But weirdly, Welkin almost just plays devil's advocate for the rest of the game, except for a couple, you know, pronunciations of love to Alicia, where he's just kind of like, well, what can we take from this? And unfortunately, yeah. by always being that character, then you don't get that moment of him being like, oh, I'm human too. <laughs> it's, it's a yeah. Unfortunate. Uh, yeah, I I expected him at least for like one one or two chapters to either you know kind of go into like a depression and then like yeah, you know maybe he has to like yeah. um you know sort of rejuvenate his energy and like get back into it and like save you know save the day mm-hmm. or uh, the opposite like become sort of you know revenge hungry for a battle and then maybe. He he does something that's like kind of cruel or something, Rash, and then yeah. like Welkin, yeah. like what what's wrong with you? Just some sort of you know interesting character stuff, but they they didn't really play with that. No, not until um, another female character gets <laughs> yeah, shot. Yeah. Where oh, he... he was really mad about that. <laughs> yeah, so, such an whole... unfortunate juxtaposition. It is definitely. So but yeah, let's should we let's talk about that that fateful shot uh, from the mystery person. Uh, <laughs> so as we progress in the game, we then there's this kind of the the turning point of the war is this one giant battle where Silvaria, the Valkyrie of the Empire, just devastates the Galleon military. And while Squad Seven does a good job of actually holding their own and making progress, it looks like it's going to be this incredible slaughter and defeat. And then a little side scene happens with Faldio. Mm. Please, <laughs> he, please tell me nobody trusted him from the beginning. Like literally the minute he walked into the barracks, I was just like, there's your enemy traitor. I was just like, there it is. It's just, there was something about his face and I just looked at him and I was just like, oh, <laughs> They just make him very like smug you. from the get-go. Yeah. It was definitely, yeah, he was definitely the um, anti-type to um, uh, Welkin. Yeah. Welkin was all sweet and nerdy. And, oh. Yeah, in their college yearbook, he's the one who's most likely to backstab. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Faldio goes, in, right before the battle, he goes back to examine the ruins and the script on the wall that we saw in chapter 7, I believe it was, the battle in the desert, and discovers something about the Valkyrer. And then, in his real realization, we don't know who fires a shot, but it turns out that uh, a Valkyrer only kind of reaches their full potential when they're fatally wounded, and a mysterious person shoots Alicia and incapacitates mm. her. Very mysterious. Mm. We cannot connect these dots. In New Game Plus, apparently, they show you it's him doing it. Uh, oh, Which I did not know. Uh, but yeah, so Faldio shoots Alicia to try and 
get a uh, to even the playing field a little bit against Silvaria. And yeah. to your point, Welkin's reaction to that shot versus the other <laughs> shot is more than a little extreme in its difference. Yeah. He does. Like, what Nelson was saying about how he should have reacted to Isara, like, he literally goes up to Faldio in front of their lieutenant, punches <laughs> him, yep. and it's like, fucking... Yeah, what happened like, to well, that? <laughs> this is the character defining moment, but it's with the wrong character. Like, no, 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 please. But that moment, I just knew he was going to do it. And the, the whole idea of it was kind of, he wants to even the playing field, but he's fighting fire with fire, which is the one thing you should never do. And That's the escalation effect. Yeah. And so Faldio, well done. You just created a war within your own camp. Yeah. I mean... To your point, like, Faldio from the beginning was kind of set up to be, if someone's going to do something illicit within the group, it's going to be him. Uh, But for whatever reason, I remember the first time coming through, I mean, with the lead-up of him being in in the temple, you know he's going to take the shot. But I remember when that was happening the first time just being like, really? You're going to, I mean, like, I get it. I see the justification. (laughs) Yes, it's extreme and all the rest of it. You know, uh, the leveraging there is you can be like, well, it ended up working, but <laughs> I was just like, yeah. such a, such a, such a tool. So do we, so do we all hate Faldio? Is he just a guy in general that we just think is kind of a scumbag? Do you think it kind of makes sense <laughs> considering the after effects of what he did? Like, I, I'm actually kind of curious because he's kind of, because as just a person, I think he's an ass, but at the same time, by taking that shot, he does kind of save the yeah. country. A really weird kind of dilemma. Yeah. Can you imagine if he was yeah. wrong? God. <laughs> different game, though. Wow. Delightfully. Oh, sorry. Killed the girl you liked. My bad. Oh, wow. That's buds, oh. right? Well, probably would have lost if he, yeah, right? didn't, if he didn't do that. Weird. But I, yeah. I think it might have been maybe a little more justified if he was very upfront about it. And, you know, Welkin probably would have told him not to do it, but I'm sure if he asked Alicia to, Alicia would have been like, yeah, like, this is what we're going to do. Like, I know it's bad and, like, it's weird, but I just, uh, I want to do the right thing. Um, yeah. yeah. I, but, you know, he was a total creep about it. and yeah. Bad yeah, guy. He was. Yeah, I think you're right. I feel like with the way the Alicia as a character is written if it was presented to her like I think that you are you have this power within you but this is what you have to do I do think she would do it I kind of feel like they just wanted to have the antithesis of Selvaria being a character who who you know hurt herself by choice and Alicia being just thrust into it without you know having the ability to make the choice where it's kind of just, you know, power thrust upon you. How do you deal with it? And having that dynamic for the plot, I feel like they wanted it to be opposites. That's just me as a, Mm -hmm. as a viewer seeing it, like how do we make them clearly different instead of just they're the same on the opposite sides, which one is correct? (laughs) You know, uh, that's how it kind of looks to me, you know, when I, when I'm playing the game, but that's the thing. Like you said, Alicia's such an awesome human that if she was told by someone, look, I'm 99% sure that if you did this, you will have the ability to save the country. 
I feel like she would probably just do it. Didn't need yeah. to snipe her from across a field. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, like extreme, extreme course of action. <laughs> what a tool. Oh. Yeah, I just, I just think the guy's a jerk. I don't like him. Well, he he makes it right by the end. Kind of. The, the final sequence. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, well, well, let's jump ahead to that when we get to the ending. But you're right. He does. He does actually. He does yeah. rectify the wrongs that he's committed. His atrocities <laughs> against his nation. But before we get there, someone else makes a sacrifice. We have a. We defeat Selvaria, and. Then we have this dual scenario in the the fortress at Girlandio. That's the that's the name of that place, right? Is Girlandio? Yeah, the Citadel. Yeah, thank you. This is all Girlandio. Uh, it's the two part battle. First, have to breach the wall, and then you get in and you have your dual Silvaria before capturing her. And through all that, we learn a lot of her backstory, how she was tortured, and all the rest of this within the Empire. Maximilian saved her. Kind of that's how she views it. Uh, yeah, I do not like that. It feels feels a little Stockholm syndrome, but okay. Mm. And uh, and she was told that it turns out, you know, if you fatally wound yourself or get fatally wounded, you'll become, you know, a Valkyrie. And so she chooses to do it to herself to become Maximilian's. I mean, for all intents and purposes, attack dog. And he with all the love in the world that he has <laughs> tells her that in her failures she needs to uh, use the Valkyrie's final flame, which is a very nice way of saying explode yourself like an atomic blue fire. Pretty much. Which is also probably most likely what happened in the desert thousands of years ago. That's oh, by the Darksons. But we get the battle. She's trying to figure out what's going on with Alicia, why she's, you know, why she is what she is, and all the rest of it, and what drives her. You eventually capture her. She asks you to escort her unit now that's been captured out of the area. And then once Squad Seven leaves, she could, she does the whole final flame sacrifice, killing the jerk general. That we've been seeing it off from the beginning of the game. He's just a bumbling buffoon of a fat man. And uh, and also, of course, killing yourself in the process. Uh, yeah. It's weird, because Silvaria, other than Jaeger, is the only, I guess, uh, any, uh, really the only two characters on the opposite side that have enough of a story for me to be able to say, I like them, I don't like them. You know, there's some ambiguity to who they are and why they're there. You know, Maximilian, we get his backstory right at the last minute. And we're like, I, I, at that point, personally, I don't care. Yeah. It's like, yeah. just a little, little too late, a little too late. But with her, like, I, it's rough, but I kind of dig the scenario of her life has always been miserable, but unfortunately the only person who ever gave her any chance is a scumbag, yes, but yeah. she's still going to be loyal because he gave her that chance and unfortunately he she ends up killing herself even though she's super cool and amazing and killed half my squad and i hate her for it we gotta respect that <laughs> gotta respect power power respect the power 
don't know. Did, did you guys like the character or hate her? I would have loved to have seen even just one flashback of her and Maximilian, like, getting along, like, chilling, and yeah, her call. being like, <laughs> she'd be like, oh, yeah, like, I'll I'll be ready, like, when you need me, like, I'll do this when you need when me. When the time is right. And, yeah, and he's like, all right, like, like, I really love you, and then, like, you know, then we see what happens in reality, and he's like, just, just do it, just blow yourself up, like, come on. Oh, like a rose-tinted glasses type thing? Yeah. Like, he cares, that, I swear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. To me, it just was like, like I I know nothing about their relationship, really. And, like, yeah, like, it sucks that he's being a, a jerk to her. But, like, he clearly he was always a jerk. Like, I don't, yeah, that, I don't really understand or yeah. care about what they're thinking. Yeah, there's, there's nothing shown that tells me that outside of the fact that he let her out of a cell yeah that he's ever shown an ounce of kindness towards her respect sure possibly because he respects that power but and they're never in any of the dialogue they have is there any moment where he showers any kindness on her (laughs) but from the get-go you know she's the one who's like i can take care of it i can do it i'll do it for you so i mean that's my joke about just extreme stockholm it's like just the, the <laughs> fact that showed her an ounce of kindness amongst everyone else being cruel and brutal to her. She's like, this, that's the guy. That's the guy I'm going to be nice to. That's the one. He's yeah. a good egg. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I can picture her saying that. <laughs> <laughs> With the text in that game. He's a yeah. good egg. I swear. I've seen him for who he truly oh is. <laughs> everyone else is just looking at her like, no, no, just whatever. But uh, the other kind of major character, like I said before, that we learn a little bit about is Jaeger. And after fighting Silvaria while moving back to Rangri's, Maximilian unleashes the Marmota, that giant kind of upgraded version of that land battle tank from the 7th mission or 8th mission. And it's incredibly infuriating to fight. But before we get there, we have to fight Jaeger in a familiar battle that we did really early on in the game, the bridge outside of Rangri's. And I gotta say, Jaeger is, a we- is, again, is a weird character because as much as it's, again, the traditional thing of, I will tell you my backstory as I try to kill you, yeah. it's, which is always wonderful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sarcasm evident. But, <laughs> but, again, there is, outside of the how the exposition is given, it's logical. You it, like as a as a, a reader, a player, whatever. But that's a story that makes sense. You think that through servitude, you know, you can do the right thing. You don't have to agree with it. It's, it's a tale you hear in wars many times. It's how alliances are made. I mean, in a weird way, it's it's like uh, part of what's going on with the Ukrainian Russian conflict right now stems from a very similar thing of. People saying borderlines can be redrawn after conflicts. So it's 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 irrelevant and a, it makes sense as a concept. But again, it's just like, now let me tell you my backstory and you defeated me. And now I'm going to send a <laughs> yeah. message to Emperor Maximilian that the will of the yeah. people is stronger than power alone. You're like, okay, that's great. And go your own way. 
But again, it's like a little... I, you just told me about your life while you shot me with a tank. <laughs> yeah. It would have been nice for some understanding because actually Jaeger's in a similar position to everybody else. Exactly. Because Jaeger is only with Maximilian because he's basically, Maximilian has pinned him in a corner and gone like, if you work with me, I'll ensure your country's in, get mm-hmm. independence. And so the only reason Welkin and that are fighting is because they've been conscripted in. Yeah. To save Galia. And they just want to, like, when they go back to Brawl, it's kind of the moment, like, this is what we need to do. We need to win to rebuild Brawl and bring mm-hmm. it back. And Jaeger is in a very similar position. And it would have been nice to have a kind of mutual understanding nearer or for a bit longer rather than just the kind of the will of the people speech yeah. that he kind of gives, like, that small inch of acknowledgement would have been nicer a bit earlier on rather than just when he died like Jaeger had the potential probably to be the most interesting character on that side and probably is in contrast to Selvaria who is Stockholm Syndrome i.e. the typical kind of not woman you want in a video game anymore like that's a different discussion yes and we will get to Um, that yeah but But, yeah, yeah I liked Jaeger and I liked the battle it was a Nice, interesting battle, and yeah, that, that for sure as well. But at, and I wonder if you guys agree, disagree with this. But kind of continuing from what we said in the last episode, you know, the charm of this game is that kind of how everything works together, not every individual element on its own being incredible, and kind of piggybacking on that idea of how simple and thin the story is as more of a vehicle to continue the game onward instead of this super in-depth world with tons of lore. I mean, it has stuff there, but it's in many ways skin deep. Yes, there's the glossary and all the rest of it that gives you more details on everything, but again, it's still kind of skin deep. And I think it shows or really rears its ugly head the most in these conflicts with characters. Where more and more towards the end of the game, as things are speeding up and it's getting super intense and there's momentum and you want to get to the next chapter, and then all of a sudden there's all this exposition. You're like, I, I could have used this at the beginning of the game when everything else was being figured out. Like, I don't need this now. I want to get to the next part. I want to keep moving. And you have your death speech. Okay, we got the death speech. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And now we're at the next chapter and now we're getting a pre-death, a pre-battle speech. Okay, pre-battle speech. You know, it's, yeah. I definitely think it's most... I can't even remember his name, the other general, um, the older one. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, in chapter 10, and it's like, I yeah, don't yeah. know you. You're, like... <laughs> you're, Super Aryan like, You don't get to yeah. know anything about... Yeah, pretty much. And it's like, I don't feel the impact of that battle because it's literally just like, blow the train up, he's dead. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I don't know anything about him. And even everything I did know about him, I found out in that one battle. I didn't build up an understanding of yeah. his character. It was a little bit better with Silvaria and with Jaeger. And especially because Silvaria has been built up over a period of time. Yes, from but, the first engagement for sure. Yeah, but it's still kind of like, oh, well, like the whole point of this is... Or maybe it isn't. Like, the whole point of the game is maybe to build up some sort of aminosity or something towards the villains. And in this, I kind of just felt like, hmm. Whereas in other games, like Final Fantasy VI, you actively hate Kefka. I know this is totally mm-hmm. different. No, no, but this, this is just, just praying on my mind. Yeah, but, like, 
you're supposed to try and develop some sort of feeling, whether it's an understanding for the reason or like a kind of, oh my God, I feel so sorry for you or I do want to stop you. I don't want to kill you. But this one is just kind of like, it's loosely stitched. I just want to win the, yeah, yeah. I just want to win the war. It's like, you don't want to know. But then again, as I'm saying it, it's kind of like <laughs> a, um, relevant to war, I guess. So like in World War Two, a lot of people, there's the famous football soccer match that they had at Christmas where yeah World War One World War One sorry um, okay, but you're right where they, <laughs> where they just stopped and were like oh hang on a minute let's play football and in that moment they got to know each other That's but then just, the next day they're killing they were each other just again. like yeah it's like the one moment you get and maybe that's the same for us like we're not meant to know a lot about the opposition because if we do we it might humanizes not them. them exactly yeah and that's, exactly and that's why the so maybe that Christmas. Uh, peace is still one of the most incredible things to happen in contemporary wars because it's this strange and wonderful moment of humanity amidst one of the greatest atrocities to ever happen in terms of conflict. But that's the issue with this game, I think, is that with in terms of how they, they handled their characters is other than the two villains we're talking about right now, Jaeger and Silvaria, they're kind of just all cookie-cutter villains. Like that general that we kill in, on that train in chapter ten that we all we, were, we that we all don't remember his name because he's so <laughs> useless. But I mean, he is by design and look just like a, without the mustache, a mustache twirling, you know, push his glasses up and look down at you. Hmm, I'm better. That's like a, yeah. that's not a character. That's that's a bad caricature. I can get drawn by an artist in Central Park, you know, like a, just a comic variation of what a villain should be. And so it's nice that they they try a little bit with Jaeger and Silvaria, but it it's it, it just feels a little shallow. And yeah, if you uh, to your point, Alana, if you humanize the enemy, then you question the morality of what you're doing. But I mean, I think that that's that's what the game is trying to do anyway. And you have a wonderful moment of that early on when you're doing the mission in chapter eight of uh, Alicia and Welkin being separated in the forest and then they try and save the soldier who's bleeding out they can't and then when the the squad leader of the of that imperial squad shows up and says why did you try and save him why did you bury him and they say oh it's oh, yeah. because you know he was yeah. screaming for his mother it's what anyone should do and the guy you know lets them go that is the moment of humanity that shows it's just by chance you're killing someone on the other side. It's not that you really hate them. You're put in this position. You're thrown in this position. And you have to commit. So th- it's kind of my my difficulty with the game is that they do have those moments. But then when they try to do it with their cast, the established yeah. cast, that's when it feels like it's forced. And I'm not saying that, that other moment was perfect. It's not. But it at least happens very organically and tries to show the other side of the reality. You know, that right now we can be humans and acknowledge we've done a nice thing and thank you so much, but if we end up fighting each other on the battlefield, one of us will probably have to die. And that's just the reality of it. Uh, so yeah, it's just that, that that that's the inconsistency throughout the game for me. That is just too bad because I love this game. And so whenever there's those little yeah. things, you're just like, oh, come on, guys, you're so close. You're so close. Don't do that. <laughs> but yeah, Jaeger gets defeated. 
and then we move on to that inf- the, the infuriating giant battle tank that is the Marmota. Uh, did anyone have to restart this battle? Oh, God. Yes. Yes, I did too. I did too. Don't worry, man. I did absolutely yep. as well. I'm but assuming we're it's... on the battle and not the one where we're leading it through the forest. Or are we talking about the one the forest? Well, I guess, I guess we could do the leading through the forest Ugh. one as well, because I, I ignored that. That's That one's extra frustrating to me. That was... Aww. Was that about like it, but... confusing to anybody? No, I didn't think it was very hard, but I just... No. I didn't really understand, like... Like, I knew what I was supposed to do, but it just... <laughs> it, it, I did. I guess I didn't really know what I was supposed to do. And then they're like, you know, lead the tank into the mines and the minefield. And then you get to a point in the map that's full of mines. And you're like, is this the minefield? Like, like I don't know. Yeah. And then they say that, like, if your characters die, like, they're not going to come back. And you're like, well, like, like, okay. Like, what is... I don't know. It was just... It was a very technical battle. And there was, like, a lot of instruction they gave you. Mm-hmm. It, and I, I guess I wasn't really expecting that, and I guess I, I wasn't really paying attention to it very much. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but it was like a, it was like a cool situation, I guess. Like I kind of like that very scripted uh, format that they had for that battle. Um, it was the most anxious uh, <laughs> I was for any of the chapters. Is the yeah. leading the tank to the minefield, and while that one wasn't. I didn't have to do the restarts like I did with the full-on Marmota conflict. Uh, <laughs> and I, I think, it, to be fair, you know, I, the anxiety is, is intentional. So like mm-hmm. what you said, Nilsson, it's kind of like with Chapter 9 when you're saving the princess. This is one of those missions where it's like, I have to do this. It's actively affecting everything. Yeah. yeah. And that gets the adrenaline pumping really intensely for that whole engagement. <laughs> but... There were certain moments where I was going, I don't know how to affect this thing. It just felt yeah, like that, just like similar to the first battle, even when you're knocking, when you're hoping that the, the first version of the Marmota is going to shoot the yeah. <laughs> ruin chunks. There's always that roll of the dice where you're like, I think I've done the right thing. Yeah. It was Hopefully so specific. It yeah. <laughs> it's so specific what you have to do and and you're you're not really prepared for like, you know, like uh, to even like solve the puzzle of it because it's so it's like a one-time thing like there's no other battle in the game that's like that or like that teaches you how to do something like that and so you're just kind of you know anxiously going you know turn by turn like oh i hope i hope i was supposed to do that i hope i was supposed to you know leave that character there or shoot mm-hmm. that you know bomb to to blow up the the mountainside like I, I think that's what I was supposed to do. And, you know, you, you're saving every turn and, like, oh, like, uh, I, I better make, like, multiple saves so, like, I can go back to any point in the battle. To, like, I don't know if I screwed it up or not. But that battle, like, as, as worried as I was about that, like, it was, it actually, you know, once I see what's supposed to happen, it was pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, it wasn't yeah. nearly as complicated as they made me think it was. You second guess yourself a lot during that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I definitely did. I technically played it before. I was still going through being yeah. like, oh, God, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> I hope this works. Yeah. But yeah, then then there's the. Then we fight Jaeger, and then we have the full on interruption of the marriage, fight the Marmota with the giant lance. 
attached to it as oh. it blows away a mountain just to set up what you're about to go up against. Like, oh, that's yeah. good. Let's yeah, this fight was, this thing. This was a pain. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a rough one. Did anyone lose a bunch of their squad during that battle? I was very yeah. adamant about uh, about the saving, so I, I didn't <laughs> yeah. lose anybody. But it, it took me a very long time just to you know reloading all the saves to you know do it perfectly. Um, but it again, it was it's very specific like what you're supposed to do, and so you have to kind of go back and forth and sort of you know solve the puzzle of it while. You know, trying to keep everybody alive, and you know, making sure your tank doesn't get blown up by you know all these lancers, and um, it was oh, pretty God, stressful. Yeah. Um, but I liked it as sort of like like the big climat- climatic battle, even though it wasn't the last battle. To me, that was sort of like the big epic uh, epic tank battle that I had mm-hmm. been, you know, yeah. hoping to get. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I guess we should say also that during this whole engagement of kind of boss battles one after the other, Faldio also escapes from his prison cell and uh, attempts to help out, which ends up being very useful, (laughs) Uh, even though we all hate him. Uh, And the princess was being, had been imprisoned by the prime minister and was going to be forcibly married to Maximilian to kind of save uh, the nation, in his words, because he wants to rule the world with the Valkyrie bloodline. Turns out she doesn't actually have the bloodline. She's actually a Darkson. Oh, shock! Big surprise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, God, like, we didn't, you know, like, wearing a headdress or anything. Like, yeah. yeah. Covering the hair, covering the hair. Don't worry about it. It's okay, girls. <laughs> I know, right? But, uh, so we get this final big engagement with the tank. We also kind of, I forgot to mention that during this whole time, we also have the Shamrock, which changes how the game plays. In that we don't just have one tank anymore, we have two. And this started after Chapter 12, having two tanks, which is awesome. Yeah. It is, but I didn't use it hardly ever. <laughs> really? It was No, I, I hardly <laughs> used my own tank, to be honest. Like, my own tank was just kind of... The smoke screen eventually became like, oh, I'm just going to put some smoke here so okay. that Alicia could just beautiful. dart through it. But yeah, we'll dart, dart back to that in a minute, but carry on. Yeah, so I was just going to say that you know, using the shamrock, it allows for – you can do just a lot more in terms of using tanks as shields and yeah. kind of plowing through positions. It doesn't help as much, I think, for this final <laughs> battle at all. But yeah, I, I, I had a lot of difficulty – going through this again partially also because i was rushing to finish it for the episode <laughs> so i definitely wasn't being as careful as i should have been and that forced me then to have to restart it a few times but oh. even even in when i finally was able to take out the generators and everything else uh i think that this and the previous incarnation of the marmota in chapter seven are the the only two chapters where i did lose units oh. and a lot of it, again, was rushing. Okay. Oh, I lost uh, Jan. I lost... Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Sweetheart. Uh, lost Jan. <laughs> I lost... Uh, oh, God, what's his name? He's uh, he's the one who hates everybody or doesn't like being around anyone, doesn't have any 
interest. He's also a lancer. Lacking on his name. Oh, his name. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, basically, I lost a ton of lancers. That's really what it came down to. I think in the end, I lost four. The first three. Oh, oh, and one and one engineer, and three of those came from Silvaria. And the first time you ever face her, just running around and shooting up my whole squad, and I just couldn't get to them because she had that whole side of the map on a lockdown. So there was just no way to breach and save anybody. And then, yeah, for the final battle, it was Jan and that other guy whose name I'm blanking on. Uh, but both both Lancers. That was it. So it wasn't know. terrible, terrible Aww. losses. But it was still... But I love Jan. Jan was always one of my favorites. You always make me laugh. <laughs> just a delight. Uh, did anyone else have any major casualties? Or did I end up being the only one? Mr. Spam save. No, I don't. I, I did not lose a single character permanently. Oh, you're the worst. Um, but <laughs> I definitely actively like tried to uh, not do that. Mm-hmm. Um, if I, if like I thought I was gonna, if a character was gonna die, like I would try to get him out of there. Um, there's the one order mm-hmm. that uh, retreats the character. I mm-hmm. used that a couple times. Oh yeah. Yeah, I ignored it. Very, again, rushing in that battle. I just didn't use the order at all, and I remember towards the end being like, oh, God, I gotta use some defense boosts, some other stuff, and remember that it was there, and I felt like such an idiot. <laughs> Poor sloppy play. Yeah. But, uh, oh. it was nice, going back to the the Shamrock for a second, it mm-hmm. is really nice to have a, sort of like an expendable tank, you know, like, um, if yeah. the other tank dies, you, know, you lose, over. The, you, the battle ends, but... You, you can, you know, feel free to use the shamrock, you know, as a shield whenever you want, like, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. The guy, uh, his name is Zaka. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't care. He's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, like, we got to retreat for now. It's like, yeah, right, we're going to retreat. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'll use you next time. Um, Thanks, dude. And so I actually, and you know, I often, um, the tank that Welkin's in, uh, I very rarely even use, you know, I would usually just back it into a corner because I knew if I took it out anywhere, like, you know, that's just going to cause trouble. But once you get the <laughs> Shamrock, uh, I definitely used the tank a lot more, like, in the actual battle and, hmm. you know, was confident in sending it out that's and insane. blowing stuff up. Yeah, mortar shots. Mortar shots for the win. Oh, yeah, they were good. <laughs> Did, uh, I guess before we get to the final battle, uh, did anyone make a point of hunting down uh, named characters? And by that I mean, like, Ty the Immortal and stuff like that to unlock the special weapons. Was that an active pursuit of anyone's? Or trying to, again, unlock all the abilities for characters as we moved on? I think I got all the named weapons. Not nice. deliberately, just kind of... It just of... happened. Yeah, I just kind of, I knew if I saw a red soldier that had a name, I just thought, well, they're extra powerful. I need to get rid of them. And so I did all the side missions as well anyway and bought all of Ellet's papers and did all of those and did a couple of the LC missions as well. So I did pick up a lot of the bonus weapons. But I found quite a lot of, well, actually, some of the bonus weapons were really good, but a lot of them were also kind of... mm, Very disappointing. Yeah. (laughs) So I think... One of I think one of the machine guns and one of the flamethrowers were really good. Mm-hmm. And I and think I good. yeah I remember giving Alicia a really good um, rifle and then that was probably it. But yeah, abilities I didn't really spend the time actively unlocking them. But 
I think I got all of them for everyone that I was using regularly. And in that, it was literally just like the main four plus Iker and Vice, and then mm. Marina and um, a couple of allowances and one of my engineers. But yeah, yes. I didn't. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't too fast. I mean, to be honest, once you get to a certain point and once Alicia realizes she's a Valkyra, it's kind of like there's only really two abilities you need, and it's like one's yeah. the healing one, <laughs> yep. the other one's the double movement one, and it's like, oh, uh, well, Alicia's just got like three times better than she was already I, like I know. twenty times better than everyone I else. I know. I do love how she is early on in the game, just far and away the best character, at least in my estimation. Not just in terms of how much I love her as a character, but also just the best shot for a scout and the most useful character. And then they basically go, well, you know this person that you use in every battle ad nauseum? <laughs> We're going to make them a thousand times better. How do you feel about that? Yeah. And I, mean, I, I like I had the double movement as well. So double it wasn't the end movement. Of the it's so OP, though. When it activates you, like, yes, oh, like, I just clear. All right, all right. Bail's over in one turn now. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you get the, the... Yeah, the order that you can get. When you've got the like the five CP one or the four CP one, where you can literally get like ninety nine point nine percent chance to get that, I'm just like, okay, got enough oh, CP, yeah. time to bust that one out. Just do everything you want. There, yeah. there was a point at the at the end game where I needed, to, I wanted to grind to get um one of the, I think it was one of the sniper abilities, and the uh, the windmill plaza um, mm-hmm. skirmish. You can do it and like like two turns or one turn but like two movements with alicia um awaken potential and a defense boost you can run to the end of the level with double movement and one move and then like take out the two guys guarding the the camp with like a grenade and uh it was really really efficient you can beat the mission (laughs) in like like a minute um it's like oh thanks alicia (laughs) yeah you're the best ever yeah I spent a lot of time doing that mission with Alicia. I just thought, oh, I need some money to buy the last bits of yeah. weapons. I know what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do have to say, I like how they the skirmishes, while they are battlefields you've played on before, they, for the most part, most of them can be done quickly. So if you do want to do the grinding, it's not too tedious. I mean, it's still a grind, just inherently, but it's not miserable. <laughs> yeah. Uh... And I do want to put a pin, uh, Alana, because I want to hear about some of the DLC missions, because I did not get to play those. And I want to know if they're, they're oh. fun and worth going to. But before that, how about the final fight with Maximilian? Was that hard? Or was that kind of just a wonderful little easy thing after that giant battle with the Marmota? It was really disappointing, I thought. Yeah. I thought it was really easy. Like, really, like, you're going to go for literally a mutation as a final fight. Essentially. <laughs> it was Kefka's really, fifth form like, where he becomes lame. About- you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. It was pretty much, yeah. So, like, I found it really easy. It was just literally as soon as I tweaked that he was being powered by the generators, it was just kind of like, oh, okay, so I just shoot those and then... You know, just pin him down with Vice, and there you go. Done. Vice definitely did work for you, it sounds like, just consistently in every battle. It was just like, Vice, 
<laughs> just go take just go take care yeah. of business just go do the thing go do the thing where you win and vice was just I, like yeah sure alana i'd love to that'd be great i mean yeah what do you expect <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah uh, that battle is, is super lame though and and then during that cutscene, it's like, no, really, you were saved by Faldio. It's like, no, come on, man. I just put in a lot of work here. <laughs> How come you get to take the credit? I don't like this. Jerk. But no, it's, uh, that, that was... I, I know that they wanted to have the kind of mano-a-mano fight, but mm-hmm. it's just after you're fighting a giant tank that can take out a mountain, it just kind of feels <laughs> just like a waste. It's like, can't you just die with the tank? Without having a dramatic little finale, just just die. No one likes you. Take your stick ground and go. That sequence is just that sequence really lost me with that fight. And then Faldio is like, "Oh, I turned off the engine." And then he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna jump off, jump into you know, the flames with Maximilian." Like you I totally you have know, to. I killed him. We can't just shoot was... him. <laughs> I swear we can't just put a bullet in his head now that he doesn't have the Valkyrie powers. I have to bring him off a cliff in a chokehold. I mean, kudos yeah. for wanting to go out in a blaze of glory, I guess, but I did the whole time. I remember just thinking, like, just, just shoot him. Just shoot him. Why can't we just shoot him? The guy's holding a giant metal stick that does nothing now. Just shoot him. But it's not cool enough. We gotta have giant explosions. And, oh, yeah. and you yeah. know what? And, and then, let's be fair, that cutscene is really pretty, so I'm all about it. The the part the whole thing with the the tank is like exploding and then like Largo and Rosie are you know, Welkin's like, You guys you guys need to get out of here, like me and Alicia are staying behind and they're like, Oh, like are you sure? And like, Yeah, yeah, go, go like and then they're staying behind, and then, like, they have, like, a little romantic thing, like, as, you know, the the world's exploding around them, and then, uh, and then, like, oh, like, what are we gonna do? And so they start running, and then, uh... But as long as I'm with the, you, I'm okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And then the, the, uh, the, the airplane, the plane comes and saves them, and they just hop on it and fly away, and, and that's it. I, yeah. The whole sequence is just mind blowing to me. Like that's that's what the game is gonna end on. Um, oh, you I, just how the explosions unfold and then they get to fly yeah, away. It was, just, it was just so so silly to me at that point. I, um, I, I well, well, let me let me just piggyback. The one thing that really yeah. made me giggle and giggle in a loving way, like making fun <laughs> of a younger child, like a younger brother. <laughs> But it was is the moment when when they see the plane and Alicia goes, "Look, Welkin, that's Asara's plane," oh, and his rev- revelatory response is, oh. yeah. <laughs> oh, "Yeah," and oh, I just started God. laughing. I was like, "This guy has no soul. How do you love this man? How <laughs> he feels nothing? Ugh. He cares about bugs. He doesn't care about you. It's all a lie." <laughs> I really, I would have, I think the scene would have been a little more satisfying if Isara was, had still been alive, and that it was her driving the plane, oh, and like, she, you know, this character, you know, this quiet character, you know, does does kind of save the day at the end of the game, and uh, I just think legacy, that would have been a little more satisfying. Saves them. Well. <laughs> her gift. It's her gift. 
Right, Nelson? Uh, it's all about, yeah, I, it's all I about guess so. passing on from the grave and still being able to save people. <laughs> She's like a superhero. <laughs> The Death and Return of Superman, except it's Asara. She knew. Isara knew when she started building the plane that um, that the guy, the bro guy, was going <laughs> to pilot the guy. plane at the exact right moment. How great escape. would it be if, like, Leon's pilot was like, Yo, dude, this is Asara's plane. And Wilkins like, shut up. Don't you say her name. <laughs> You're not allowed to say it. Like, Sorry, bro. Just want to go fast. Oh, my God. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I do have to say, I I, I like the cutscene just because it was pretty, but the dialogue for it was was rough. It was rough. Yeah. Although I did like how they did the uh, high school kind of 80s 16 candle type thing of like, oh, yeah. where are they now? Oh yeah, I did like that. Happy. That's then Largo and Verat get get to be together and married. Oh, that's so cute. They were so cute together yep. though. Exactly. No, I like that. I like that Rosie gets to be a star. I don't know why we needed to know that Leon becomes a race star. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But they did that. Like, Overworks did that with Skies as well. So, like, every crew member you got, you found out what they did afterwards. Okay, so that's a little bit of a legacy thing for them, too. Yeah, it was quite cool. So I was like, oh, yay, they still remember. I do have to say, I like that... Alicia and Will can have a kid and they name it Asara. Though it's obvious, I think that's the sweet thing to do. Was that? Yep. I I thought that was a little strange. I don't know, maybe I'm... <laughs> I'm uh, my opinion isn't the popular one, but, like, would you really name your daughter after, like, your dead sister? Like, I don't know, that seemed a little <laughs> weird to me. I mean... Maybe... I mean, yeah. it, it, is a, it is a common thing to do. Depends on the culture. Like, uh... Like the whole thing with uh, in the Jewish faith, and by the way, not Jewish, but uh, as it's always been explained to me, you know, you don't name someone after someone who's living, because it's a way of trying to say like, well, I, almost like this one's going to replace you, so hurry up yeah. and die. It becomes a thing of like you name someone after someone who's <laughs> passed as a continuation of the legacy. So I see it more as a sign of respect of like this is someone who meant the world to us. And you mean the world to us, and you only get to be here because of that person. So it's it ends up being a sign of respect. Apologies, as some crazy party is apparently going on on the block next door to me. I don't know if the microphone can pick it up, but just in case. Then awesome, because it is quite the block party. <laughs> uh, yay queens! But um, yeah, I, I to me it, it, it's like I said, it is obvious. To be like, we still care about her, but it is a nice touch of this, we're only here because of her, and so that's why you have that name. But again, it's just my opinion on it. It is kind of kitsch. A little sappy. (laughs) It's a little, it's cute though. It's like a cute cutscene. I really like the idea that, you know, Alicia like follows her dream and has like a bakery truck, like... That's nice. Yeah. Like, I wish we got more of that throughout the whole game. Like, more of these kind of slice of life moments with all the characters. And they didn't make the the pig bacon. They kept oh, the pig. <laughs> oh, they did. They kept it. Oof. And I love it because the subtitles when Isara says "Daddy," it's actually you don't get to see Daddy. You only see Moink because the Moink is more important. <laughs> let's be honest. The pig is really <laughs> and they're longer. It's earned its spot, in the squad. We need to hear the pig's oink. It has. Script. 
But uh, I do like that it's – I'm pretty sure at least by sound that it's just Laura Bailey doing a younger voice so that they actually have yeah. Asara doing little Asara as well. I thought that was a nice little touch. And uh, just, a, just a very wonderfully sappy, cute ending, I think. Like it, touches, it touches my Grinch heart and I really like it. It's <laughs> incredibly, incredibly <laughs> obvious. Uh, but is there any, like I mentioned before about putting a pin in the side missions, Alana, is there any fun to be had with that DLC? Or is it just kind of be in this world for a little bit longer kind of throwaway stuff? Well, I mean, I mostly focused on the Eddie or Edie missions. I can never remember mm-hmm. if it's Eddie or Edie, but like there's a couple. So like you've got, you there are missions where you can play as Sylvaria. And so if you were in Chapter 7 and going, well, I'd really like to decimate everybody with Salvaria, then Oy. you've got the opportunity to do it. <laughs> but I think Kill they're quite your comrades. difficult. Yeah, so they're quite difficult, apparently. But I focused on the ED detachment missions, which are mm-hmm. basically separate missions which are catered to each class. So you have Susie's Challenge, which is a scout task where you have to... Um, they're all set on maps in the um, that are already in the game. So Edie, the Susie challenge is the one where you're she- separated with um, Welkin and Alicia. Mm-hmm. Um, and it basically tests your ability to use that particular class. So they are quite a lot Ooh. of fun and they're quite difficult. The Shock Trooper one is really difficult. I, I can't remember who's <laughs> it is. It's... Um, oh, it is Edie's, isn't it? Obviously. Um, I wasn't sure yeah, if it was like, someone else that, that that's just included in the squad, but yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, but um, yeah, she's uh, that one's based on I can't remember what chapter the map is, but it's the one where there's the big tree on the right, and then there's the path going up, and you have mm-hmm. to try and get to the other side. And yeah, there are like shock troopers and snipers everywhere, and it's just like, well, great. This yeah, <laughs> I'm a short range shock- weapon. This is great. Yeah, but you can take other classes in with you. Luckily, it's not just that. But oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, and then the sniper one's quite a lot of fun because you literally just have to snipe everybody before they get to your base. Well, that does sound but, fun. <laughs> yeah, I do. I love the snipers so much. So like, you just basically Marina. had Marina up in a tower just killing everybody? I had Marina, and then I had Alicia as well who could just literally stand on the edge and shoot whoever she Anyone wanted. Anyone shows up. Her yeah. range was ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> But they were catered to... I didn't try the tank one. I looked at the Lancers one and just went, nope. <laughs> it was... Li- they were, I think... It's, this is Jan's Oh, one. that's awesome. So... Oh, no! And he's dead in my game. Oh, the horror. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's 12 to 15 tanks. And I just oh. went, oh, yeah. no, I'm okay. Yeah, because the Lancers aren't exactly light-footed, so... No, they're not. They're not. They are definitely not like fleet-footed dancers. They're not just skipping around, making it to tank to tank. They're getting shot at every chance. <laughs> yeah, and also with the remastered version, I'm not quite sure if they brought it back with Steam, but there's an extra hard mode for the remastered version on yes. the PS4. Uh, I didn't touch that because I'm not very good at strategy games anyway. So I'm just like, mm, maybe, but. No, it'd yep. be interesting to see how much more difficult some of the missions are, and if you can still break them as easily. The masochist in me, when it comes to games, uh, the Dark Souls side of me wants to try it, but I, I just... <laughs> because we were playing it for the podcast, I just... Unless I was super familiar with the game, I wasn't going to do an extra hard. Because I know that this game 
whether it's the boss battles or other things, the random shots that can kill you. Just like I would probably be throwing my controller during extra hard mode. I I just, I feel like it's going to be rage inducing to the nth degree. Yeah, I think your potentials are less frequent and Mm -hmm. the enemy's potentials are more frequent and they use more commands. And their accuracy is probably obscene. Oh, probably. Yeah. Sniper's just hitting you every time. Ugh. Ugh. Nightmares. Nightmares. I don't like it. I want bet. Uh, <laughs> trying to think if there's... Is there anything that either of you guys that we maybe didn't touch on uh, that's still sticking out to you from these conversations or anything that you that kind of really resonated with you in terms of what you loved about the game or hated? Don't have to like it. <laughs> um, I really wanted to talk about the music really quick. Do it, yes. Um, yeah. Legendary I... composer. Love the music in this game. Um, Hitoshi Sakamoto. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually didn't know who had composed it. Like when I first started playing, and I was like, "Huh, like this. This reminds me of like you know Final Fantasy twelve or uh, you know like Tactical." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, like I really loved it." I, I looked why. up And uh, yeah, almost you know, in my head, it's almost piggybacking off those games. I you know, I absolutely love those games, and I love uh, the soundtracks to them. So like. I'm like, oh yeah, like this part of Valkyria Chronicles kind of reminds me of, you know, playing Final Fantasy XII. Like, that's really cool. That like that makes me like uh like the game a bit more. But um, mm-hmm. just overall, you know, the soundtrack it's so, uh, you know, it just sounds like a a soundtrack to a game about a war, and like it really pumps you up to like fight this war, you know, and like come up with all these strategies and. Um, I think uh, the composer, he does a really good job of uh, composing for games like that, uh, games about war and, you know, being this, you know, strategy lord and yeah. so, but yeah, I really like that. That was probably my favorite part of the game. Uh, when all is said and done, I really loved the music. Yeah. The soundtrack is wonderfully evocative. You have, good. you have this the opening theme uh, for the opening cutscene of the game when you just boot it up that's wonderfully melancholic of like a time remembered and you get that yeah. with his with the end credit sequences and other moments as well and like you said you have those very stirring uh, battle marches as well the battle music itself is a lot of fun uh, no just really dynamic and complex soundtrack with a lot of strings which makes me very happy uh, <laughs> yeah. so you're right I, I Hitoshi Sakamoto. When you mentioned Tactics Ogre, I love that soundtrack so much. Oh, yeah, it's so good. And this one's up there as well. He's just, he's awesome. But any, anything that stuck out to you that we haven't touched or didn't touch on enough, uh, Alana? I was about to call you Alicia. Oh, my Alicia. God. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's because I view well, you as the most badass woman I've ever met. That's why you, you were Alicia. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Wow. I mean, I can I can bake a good loaf of bread, but that is not okay. Fine, fine. You make fine. We're on the same page as Alicia. Um, (laughs) when we were talking about chapters, uh, there was one chapter that gave me a lot of trouble in the second half of the game that wasn't the tank battle, and it was Mm. chapter fourteen, I think. It was the one after Alicia got shot, and it's the one where she wanders out onto the battlefield. Oh yeah, yeah, that's annoying. And it's where you do, you take the base and you're like, I'm all dumb. And then it's like, no, you're not. Nope. You're pincered. And I'm like, oh my God. And then like the, 
where the um, tanks start yeah, the, firing the tanks. and they leave flames everywhere and I'm just yep. like... Okay, yeah, those motor tanks are just annoying. It that makes... was the one mission I got wiped out on. Oh, really? Like, oh, yeah, I managed to avoid it on the tank battles. Oh, no, the second tank battle I didn't, but this one was the first time that I got wiped on. I'm just getting frustrated with it, kind of. Yeah, weirdly, but... I, I, that, that's a mission that I, I distinctly remember being incredibly brutal first time I played. Just yeah. restart after restart. But uh, weirdly, that was something that, uh, probably because it was so bad first time I played through, going into it for this playthrough, I remember thinking that I have to just go in for the kill. These things are going to spawn. Need to remember, be aware of the mortar. And just kind of tried to be one step ahead. Which, weirdly, I was not good enough about doing for most battles. But that one, because of how rage-inducing it was for me the first time through, I just have yeah. kind of forced uh, a victory. Probably a little bit more than I should have. God, those, yeah, that, that, that mortar fire from those tanks is... Evil. Abusive. If, especially if it, if it hits, if your squad is very concentrated, it can just ruin the whole chapter for you in there. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That battle, it's so it's so specific in, like, what it wants you to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you you yeah. captured the, the first camp, and you're like, all right, like... We did that it. That was pretty easy. You, yeah, you can, like, you can see, like, that was pretty easy. Like, you know they're going to have another trick up their sleeve. And then, the you know, this tank pops up at the, uh, the top, and the tank pops up right next to where all, you know, the rest of your party is. And um, you're like, oh, like, all right, like... All right, I think I can. I think I can do this. Like it's, it seems pretty tough, but I'm gonna try something. And then uh, I remember um, using my tank to like blow up the bottom uh, where they appear on the bottom. There's like a bunch of units. There's like a couple of lancers and like mm-hmm. a sniper. And I'm like, all right, so I, I blow all of them up and I kill most of them with my with uh, one shot from my tank. And then yeah. the next turn, they all respawn. Yep. I'm like, oh, like yeah. how it's did just I a know monster closet of soldiers. Yeah, you don't know. So yeah, I didn't. I didn't like that. Yeah, and that's what I was referring to. Is once you know that those soldiers come back every turn, no matter yeah. what, and that it's endless, you just realize, okay, full on blitz, ignore <laughs> them pretty much, and yeah. just take care of those tanks. You can't be yeah. careful. It's yeah. one of the fights where you don't start with a full squad either. That's the mm-hmm. best thing. Yeah, yeah, just just the best, just a joy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I guess. Final verdicts. I still very much subscribe to what I said on the last episode. I think this is a... It is still a really good game. Uh, and still is a gem. It's still a wonderful little... Uh, snuck in their game that somehow Sega didn't mess up. At a time where it seemed like everything they were doing was garbage. Like I said before on the last episode, while I don't love the plot of the sequel... I think what they did with the combat is a lot of fun. Oh, and I forgot to tell you guys... Oh, I said I would mention this... So what happens with Alicia and Welkin in the second game is they run the school store. That's cool. Oh, no. They're They're at the (laughs) military academy, and and Welkin's a teacher, and they just run the school store. It's it's, it's just conveniently they're there. Just because. They don't live in Brule anymore. They live there. Uh, Yeah. I remember when I first saw them, I was like, I'm so happy to see them there. And as it went on, I was like... We're in the middle of a war. Why isn't she just doing the Valkyrie thing? Why is she still manning the store? Granted, I never finished the game, so maybe she does somehow get involved, but I don't think so. 
but yeah, I, I really, I really still have a soft spot for this game. Uh, it is charming, even with all its very blatant faults. Uh, and it just in terms of the mechanics of how to approach a strategy game, there really isn't much like this. Uh, and that's still, no. I think, for the originality of it all, that gets a few extra points. Yeah, let's say artistically gorgeous, but yes. yeah, I think it stands out definitely, and I think I still love it definitely. Yeah. My opinion from my review does not change, mm-hmm. but like playing through it again the second time, I was still having a lot of fun with it, and I felt more comfortable playing it, mm-hmm. and I was still learning as well, which was the really cool thing. Like yeah. I was learning new things all the time, and yeah, the plot is not brilliant, but. The characters do, like I think I said it, they do just enough mm-hmm. to keep me invested. There's enough there to keep me occupied, and I'm more than happy to return to it again and eventually get around to playing the sequels to say, go bring three over. <laughs> yeah, I, I really <laughs> hope so, because that one's supposed to be very intense and cool, but yeah. who knows, one day. Maybe they'll listen. One day. Mm. Well, apparently they said that towards the end of the year they have Lots of new IPs, which are old games, to be brought back to PC. Really? And I'm Oof. just thinking, you know what? There's quite a few Sega. There's <laughs> one specifically. <laughs> but Valkyria uh, Chronicles 3 would be great. You know, well, like I would love to see Valkyria Chronicles 2 and 3 come to Steam or PS4 or even as a bundle or on the Vita. Like, just, uh, I think it's a series I'd like to see through to the end I think definitely yeah and it's interesting to think that they're making that other Valkyria game that kind of yeah it's not the same universe but using the same concepts kind of I don't like mechanics I'm I'm confused but hoping it looks a bit more actiony but I'm interested to see where it goes Yasunori Mitsuda is doing the soundtrack so I'm there (laughs) oh yeah I, I read that very exciting yeah, uh, I, I I really hope they don't screw that up because this is an IP that it's not just us. There's a lot of people that really cherish this game and really felt not betrayed but really put off by the by the second game. And I'm interested in them taking it in a whole new direction, but it also scares me. I think from what I read in the first time, it's a little bit of a magic system, so. <laughs> Like a hmm. like a like a actual MP bar kind of thing for certain characters. I could have totally misread that. So somebody tell me on Twitter how much of a fool I am. But uh, yeah, yeah, I I really hope that it's good because I I just I would love to see this IP last a little bit longer than. Hey, we tried something and we failed, so it's going to go dormant for another decade. <laughs> Yikes! So how about for you, Nilsson? Was this fun in the end? Yeah, well, I I definitely want to say, like, thank you for, um, you know, thanks everybody. Um, I de- definitely would not have finished this game if it was not for the podcast. You give the podcast, <laughs> um, forces you to kind of get through it. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think around um, maybe chapter, you know, six, seven, eight, I would have been like, all right, like I've seen, I've seen enough. Like this mm-hmm. game seems all right, but like I, I don't need to play this anymore. Um, but I stuck through mm-hmm. it, and uh, the second half of the game, um, I think it really shines. Um, there's some really great, yeah. you know, combat moments mm-hmm. later in the game, and uh, yeah, it was it was cool. I'm really glad that I played it. It was one of the games. 
like from you know the last decade that uh that i hadn't played but was very curious about um so yeah i'm definitely glad i played a I'm glad we were able to push you over the edge. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and, and it's interesting because we talked about it last episode, but those that first half of the game in many ways is that long tutorial. And this second half is when yeah. you finally have all the tools and then you're technically able to have, you know, you choose the variations on the weapons you want to upgrade. You know, do you focus more on accuracy or focus more on this? Even if the effect ends up being very small, it does feel like all of a sudden, oh, I can do everything. And all the battle types evolve instead of just, I have to take these these bases. Then they're in multiple parts within chapters. And a lot more, they play a lot more with the structure of how a battle can unfold. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it, it is much more dynamic in the second half. So, yay, Nilsson. I'm glad you enjoyed <laughs> it so much. <laughs> Join us in the Cult of Valkyria. It's a fun place. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, thank you very much guys for tuning into another episode with us. Uh, just a little housekeeping on what's coming up next for Retro Encounter. We have next month Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc, which is a game I absolutely adore. Uh, it's one of my favorite games on PS Vita, and I play far too much of that little handheld because it's, it's my little love. Uh, and I believe Alana, you're going to be on that episode yeah awesome. i am gonna be on the first time so excited yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun i it's that is a very quirky insane game that you're gonna love or hate i don't think there's gonna be a lot of middle ground for the people on that episode but it's it's a gem <laughs> i, I, I it, wonder yeah i know right uh and also <laughs> next month we also have a a special episode that's going to be mm. snuck in there amongst the other releases so look out for that it's gonna be a lot of fun mm. Otherwise, you could always email us at retro at rpgfan.com. And, yeah, find us on Twitter. Alana, do you have a handle? Yeah, um, at Alana Higgs. So hit me up and come speak to me. Yes, indeed. Nilsson, <laughs> how about you? How can the peoples reach you? Yeah, uh, well, follow our, uh, our RPG fan Twitter. And we also have Facebook. Um, I'm always okay. always on there, you know, talking about talking about uh what do i talk about chrono trigger i just i just talked about chrono trigger all the time like hey guys remember chrono trigger i like that yeah it's it's good (laughs) every time it's like i can see either chrono trigger or earthbound and i'm like oh it's nilson it's nilson yeah (laughs) okay i'm learning so for nilson it's chrono trigger and earthbound for alana it's guys of arcadia noted uh Mm. and and you can find me at at chris kabauer Uh, Otherwise, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, tune in next time. Bye, friends.